Hey everybody, welcome to the Hump Day edition of Winners and Winers Radio. I am your host, Scott Steen, lead handicapper at winnersandwiners.com. And I'm your co-host, Scott Reichel, senior handicapper over at winnersandwiners.com. And together we bring you Winners and Winers Radio. Give us an hour and we'll give you the winners. Well, Scott, how was uh, how was your Tuesday, Tuesday evening? You have uh, you do any good? Overall, went well. I had a play of the day, a pretty substantial play on the Tigers on the money line because for some reason they were minus 105 on the overnight against the Orioles, which I don't understand, and neither did the Tigers because they won by five runs. So that worked pretty well. Other than that, though, I had a personal win because I learned that yesterday, which is August 10th, is a national lazy day. A, I didn't know that existed. B, I took an honorary nap, and I felt less guilty about it. Nice. Well, I, you know, I worked all day, Scott, so I didn't get to find out about that. Well, you should, could have given me a heads up. I, I don't know why people either make up names for holidays on random days of the year, but doesn't it feel like every day now is some type of, it's like a national donut day. Oh, absolutely. Ice, what is happening? Friday is National Kool-Aid Day, by the way. Nice. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, we've got a great show lined up today, Scott. Pretty good show for here in the middle of the week. We're going to take a look, of course. We've been looking at the NFL all week long. and Today, we're going to do the AFC North and the NFC North. Uh, after the uh, bottom of the hour, we're going to be joined by Chris Altruda. He is a writer and researcher over there at Better Collective Sports Betting News and Info. That is quite a mouthful. And he is a uh, kind of an expert on this state of affairs as far as expanded gaming and what's going on in various states so if you're a uh, if you're a resident of florida new york california any of those states that are thinking about it you might want to stick around and hear what chris has to say good guy and a very knowledgeable guy knowledgeable guy when it comes to the betting arena and then of course we will talk about our favorite baseball plays of the day and top it all off with bet the farm so get your get your john deers all primed up there get those overalls on so we can be ready just to move along and when it comes to mm, Bet the Farm. But first, Scott, as we are uh, want to do around here, we're going to start it off with kind of the people that didn't do so well. They didn't have a great Tuesday like you and I did. We, and I did. You know, I'll tell you, Scott, I, I lost that Toronto game. That was brutal, by the way. Game it, one, you mean? Uh, game one, right, right, right. When we had that one on the money line. And a couple of... I, told, I was talking about it before the show. Toronto had was down one, had the bases loaded, one out, uh, hit into a double play. Next inning, they uh, Vlad loses one in the sun, lets it drop behind first base with two outs, two runs score, and that's pretty much your ball game right there. So that was about the way that went as far as uh, as far as that game goes. And then the the, the real kick in the shorts was uh, my my play of the day, my free play of the day was taking a little spin on the Washington Nationals. Over the Mets, they beat up on Carrasco to start it off, and then the skies opened up, Scott. Even even, even the weather hates me right now. So they ended up suspending that game. I think they'll complete it tomorrow. Depending on your book, um, mine's letting it roll for 24 hours, but depending on your book, you may have got it returned. So that was, eh, you know, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But let's start it off, Scott, with the people that didn't do as well, the people that thought they had a winner. All of a sudden, they didn't. They took it in the shorts. They had nothing to do except tear that ticket up and call the cops. All right, let's start it off in the Major Leagues. Game one, battle in the National League Central Division between the Chicago Cubs and the Milwaukee Brewers. If you had the club Cubs on the reverse run line, getting a one and a half from the Brew Crew, they tailed. They trailed four to two in the bottom of the seventh, but lo and behold, they got the bases loaded. One out, double play. No, no double play. Scott, strikeout, strikeout. That's your ball game. We'll see you for game two. Cubs lose game one, four to two. Lousy single pass ball hit by a pitch, a walk, anything. Scott, nothing. Strikeout, strikeout. Ball game. If you had the Cubs on the first run line plus one and a half, you can call the cops. You also forgot about the classic sack fly because of the oh, fact sure. that since you're up two runs, there's no way the Brewers are throwing home. They're probably throwing a third to try to prevent the guy from moving up. Sure, sure. So that also factored in. But yeah. either way, 
they were trailing the entire way, but you couldn't get it done with two shots at it with one out bases loaded. Anyway, looking at the only play that did not go well for me personally yesterday was the Yankees and Royals first five under five and a half, five runs going to the bottom of the fifth. First two Royals get out. Merrifield comes to the plate and that's not the guy you want to see double because what Merrifield likes to get on base frequently stole third base and Higashioka messed up the throw threw it into the outfield and Merrifield ended up scoring next pitch Nicky Lopez strikeout so not a fun time when with two outs you have a throwing error which you didn't even need because if you get the guy out at the plate the runner doesn't matter but Agashioka wanted to be a hero, and he failed. So it was 3-3 after five. Oof, oof. How about Tampa Bay, Boston? Big series there in the East. Boston, by the way, coming up with new and creative ways to lose games. Uh, if you had the under 9.5 in this one, however, you were hanging on by a fingernail. It was 4-4 in the top of the ninth. Tampa Bay, they've got two on, two out. Couldn't get it done couldn't take it to the bottom of the ninth and just score a run to walk it off. Nope, that'd have been far too easy for Boston. Tampa Bay scores four runs with two outs. That game ends up 8-4. And if you had the Tampa Bay-Boston under 9.5, call the cops. Can't believe Matt Barnes was a cl- was actually an all-star closer. Hmm. Well, you know who else was? Craig, Craig Kimbrell. So. I was going to say Chapman. <laughs> Chapman. Chapman. Chapman's gotten it somewhat together. I know he's injured now. But closing is really weird because you pitch an inning at a time, and yet it feels like the ebbs and flows are extreme when yes. it comes to a closer finding his rhythm or not having his rhythm. you got to have the memory of a housefly, Scott. I was going to say a goldfish, but same idea. That works also. All right. So, well, let's get on to the better news, shall we? Let's talk about the people that had those nice, easy wins. This is usually you, Scott. You usually got one of these. This is the people... They didn't have to sweat it at all. In fact, they were sitting in the rocking chair. So the first one wasn't a matchup between the Cardinals and the Pirates. And if you had the under nine and a half, you were in good shape. Two to one after five innings. Cardinals scored two more in the top of the sixth. Good for them. That's all they needed. Because Actually, they didn't even need the two runs because the Pirates only scored one. Game ended four to one. Shout out to the Pirates. What didn't end up coming up on the golden feedback, but you might have had a case for scoring run one run against J.A. Happ. Congratulations. Good grief. How bad do you have to be? Happ's ERA on the road, eight plus. You would have been able to tell that from yesterday because Pittsburgh couldn't touch him. You lowered that sucker. Yes, he did. If you had Cincinnati Atlanta under nine and a half, that was a, a pitcher's duel. It was uh Cincinnati scored two in the top of the second. Atlanta scored two in the bottom of the fourth. Atlanta scored one in the bottom of the sixth. And that was all she wrote, folks. That one's ended up three to two in favor of the Bravos. If you had under nine and a half in that game, you were sitting in the rocking chair. And the last one was kind of a combo deal. I mentioned it as a play that I had. If you had the Tigers on the money line or the over in the Tigers-Orioles game, and that number was at over or under 10. Well, you had 10 runs in the first five innings, most of them by Detroit. Then you had two more runs by Detroit in the eighth inning. Tigers ended up winning 9-4. to four. Never in doubt either way. Absolutely not. Well, Scott, we did have a number of competitors for the Golden Feed Bag today. We had originally talked about giving it to the guy that was running across the field at the L.A. Dodgers game on Sunday. And nobody could stop him except who, Scott? The ball girl. The ball girl. Little uh, little forecheck into the boards there. He goes ass over tea kettle, and then the security caught up with him. And I tweeted that uh, she still tackles better than Marcus Peters, but that was a uh, that was quite a hit. That was not that was not that was not our donkey of the day. So Scott, our donkey of the day's got to be a good one, and it is. Let's find out. Get ready to strap on the golden feed bag as we reveal today's donkey of the day. You know, Scott, my wife was listening to the show yesterday, and her comment was, wow, that goes on a long time. It goes on for a long time for a good reason. It's because (laughs) it's a great sound effect. It's absolutely a great sound effect. Scott, you know, 
There's some people that miss opportunities. Maybe you didn't get in on the ground floor of uh, Bitcoin. Sometimes uh, somebody has a great opportunity. Maybe they recommend a bet. You don't take it. But there's all kinds of times you, you lose out in life. And you could have had a little bit more. And you just didn't take advantage of the situation. But today we had one that mm, kind of tops them all. Scott, who is it? So when you're talking about NBA free agency, you have a lot of big names. Some trades going on, you know, Kyle Lowry, you had the Westbrook move, even Durant re-signing with the Nets for a bunch of money. However, one guy who thought he was worth a bunch of money was Dennis Schroeder for the Lakers. No. Now, if you remember him. No. Who? The, who? Dennis Schroeder. No. The former uh, no. sixth man. No. What's his name? Dennis Schroeder. There you go. There it is. Okay, there you go. All right, buddy. Fair enough. Either way. Uh, he has a pretty high opinion of himself, and I guess that's a good thing, unless you're his agent, because you should probably be fired. Anyway, in March, he was offered a four-year deal worth $84 million to stay nah. with the Los Angeles Lakers. And Schroeder thought to himself, you know, I think I can make $85 million <laughs> on the open market in <laughs> August. So I'm going to say no deal Give me another case and deal or no deal. And unfortunately for him, that show has been canceled for about five years because he ended up testing the markets and nobody wanted him except for one team, the Boston Celtics. Yeah. So in comparison to the four-year deal worth $84 million that he turned down, he ended up settling for a whopping total of one year, $5.9 million. Congratulations. Let me tell you something. When you're driving around Boston in January and you're lost for the 117th time in the, in the last 30 days, he's going to be kicking himself, Scott. Could have been it could have been in LA, could have been sitting on the beach, could have been making 21 million dollars a year, by the way. And instead, he's going to be in Boston. Absolutely incredible. I don't know how you could possibly top that for Donkey of the Day. I think that I think we have a, a true contender, perhaps for Donkey of the Week, even, Scott. It's either him or the agent or both. Either way, that whole whoever's representing Schroeder, F. Did just, you, just F. He should probably be fired. One star F. would not recommend. Would not recommend on Yelp. No. Now, did you look and see who his agent was? Was it the same cat that we were talking about the other day? Uh, it is not the same agent. I do not have the name of the agency in front of me. Okay. But if you have an up-and-coming prospect, maybe you should try somewhere else. Yeah, I'm just saying that they're not. We're probably not going to maximize your... He's no Scott Boris of the NBA, is what you're saying. Yeah. So let me ask you, Scott, does it make a difference for Boston? For Boston? Yeah. Not really. I think Boston's a team that's going to make the playoffs anyway. They've struggled down the stretch at the end of the regular season, but Jalen Brown also got injured, which kind of killed all their hopes of being seriously competitive, which is why the Nets smacked them in five games in the first round. Looking at the overall team, you lost Kemba, which makes sense because Kemba was terrible for you when he had the knee issues, so you got rid of him. Uh, you brought back Al Horford, so you're bringing back a veteran with some leadership, but at the end of the day, with Kemba gone, you had basically no point guard unless you're going to lie on Peyton Pritchard or maybe Marcus Smart, who they've been rumored to trade for about the third straight year. I think Schroeder's fine as a player. I think he was awful in the playoffs for the Lakers, especially in the last couple of games against Phoenix, which was why a lot of people were so low on him. But I still think Schroeder's talented. Right. He looked really good in Oklahoma City when he was there briefly. So I think he's got talent. I think he'll help out with Boston. But do I think Boston's ceiling is anything higher than basically a six seed? No. So I think Boston's an okay team. They'll make the playoffs or they'll bare minimum qualify for the play-in game. But I don't think it really moves the needle at all. Okay. You're yeah. No. I don't. I don't either. I don't. Th or just there's too many good there's too many good teams in the East. You know that's that's yeah. that's the problem. They're not they're not a terrible team like you said. They'll probably finish you know whatever ten games over five hundred and qualify fifth or sixth for the playoffs and maybe win the first round, but probably not. So yeah, probably in a tough tiers with Miami or somebody, and you'll probably lose in a hard fought six or seven. Yep. That that sounds pretty, pretty on brand for the Celtics. So yeah, there you go. That's Dennis Schroeder donkey of the day. Now it is hard just to feel too bad for anybody still making 6 million a year. No, when you lose out on about 70 something million dollars, I know. and about three years of security, 
That's not fun. Oh, no, no, no. I get it. No, I, I get it that 84 is greater than 6. I'm just saying 6, still pretty good. Yep, not bad. All right, very good, Scott. Well, please remember, everybody, that you are listening to Winners and Winers Radio. Give us an hour, and we'll give you the winners. So, Scott, we've talked about the NFC East and the AFC East so far, and also the South. Well, today, it's the North, Scott. Winter is coming. It's... uh, you know, I'm trying, I, I, I've been looking at this and I'm trying just not to go chalk because we've been pretty chalky with our first two. With our pretty f- chalky. No. We've been the definition of chalky. Okay, we've been we've been very chalky then. How about that? Damn so right. we're going to try to get away from that. Or maybe, I don't know, maybe you're not. I, I'm just, I'm just, I'm trying to look at any other team in either one of these divisions. So let's, let's have a chat. Let's start with the one that is the uh, perhaps perhaps a little easier division to pick. This is the uh, NFC North. It's got your Green Bay Packers right there. Uh, Packers are minus 160 to win the division, plus 600 to win the NFC, and plus 1,300 to win the Super Bowl. Uh, win total for them is 10, Scott. Juice to the over. I don't love this Green Bay team, but they just... Don't know who challenges them in that division. Where where are you at on that? I don't want to be extremely chalky again, so I'm going to be more confident with my chalk this time. Okay. Green Bay winning the divisions, one of my favorite bets to win the division in the entire league. I don't think there's any other team that's close. I know you can talk about Green Bay and how this team has flaws, and you're not wrong, because right. we saw against Tampa Bay, the defense could have some issues in the secondary since they brought back Kevin King for God knows what reason. But anyway... You still have Rodgers. You still have Aaron Jones. You still have Devontae Adams, who did finally, who did report. So there are no more holdouts. You're pretty much good to go. Assuming that nobody ends up getting COVID, which of course is a serious question mark for any team, not just Green Bay. You can just pencil Rodgers in, barring injury, to carry the team to like 11 wins. And you're looking at Minnesota. You have Cousins. Jefferson got injured in practice the other day. I don't know how seriously he's going to be injured, but as the up-and-coming star second-year receiver. That's definitely not a good sign. Cook's been injury-prone his entire career. The defense was a disaster last year. I still think Minnesota's team is going to look better than they did last year. Like, I like the Minnesota team. I think that they're above average. But are they anywhere near Green Bay and you have to rely on Kirk Cousins to win a couple of big games? Pass. Are these the two most unlikely divisions for the last-place team to go worst to first? Yes, I think the Lions are a lost cause, and I think that the – I don't want to say the Jaguars are no, – Bengals. A, yeah, no, I was going to say oh. – I was going to make an argument maybe for the Jaguars. Talk talked about them yesterday, but they're guaranteed to be better than Houston. Right. So at least it's not a total loss. Cincinnati, we don't like Pittsburgh. We still think Pittsburgh's better than Cincinnati. Yeah, the de- the defense is going to carry them a little bit. And you're also thinking best-case scenario for Cincinnati – well, Burrow can carry them, assuming he has both legs by the end of the season. Yeah. But, you know, that's a separate factor because they took the wide receiver when you have one of the worst offensive lines in the league. If you've been a longtime listener, you heard us rail about that both before and after the, the draft about Cincinnati not helping out on the offensive line. Yeah, because, line. you know, before Andy Dalton, Carson Palmer never had any serious knee injuries while playing for you guys in a playoff game against Pittsburgh. Unbelievable. No big deal. Unbelievable. You'd think you would learn. So... So they got the Vikings at 220. I think you'll agree with me about Minnesota. They might challenge for a wild card. I think the team as a whole is definitely above average, but the I just can't get over the drop-off between Rodgers and Cousins. I mean, no matter how many times Minnesota can reinvent the wheel with how they run their team, Rodgers owns this team, and Rodgers owns pretty much every team in this division. So I'm going to stick with the king there. I'll go with Rodgers. You okay? Well, yeah, and you've got you've got the wild card with Cousins uh, not getting the, not getting the jab. You don't know what that's going to happen as far as how he's going to integrate into the offense, how he's going to be there for meetings and things like that. So, I think you can make a case maybe for Chicago if you thought Fields might provide a spark, and just if you're going for a long shot or a relative long shot, I think that me Chicago might be unpredictable because of the new athletic quarterback angle. It's a great idea. The only problem is that he's not going to be playing until they decide to bench Dalton, 
which I think we'd agree is not going to happen for the first couple of weeks before either injury or a terrible record into a bye week kind of changes that. But Dalton apparently was look good in camp. Good for him, I guess. But I'll take Rodgers over Andy Dalton. What is your personal opinion of the odds for the Bears to finish in front of the Vikings? I like Minnesota to finish ahead of them. Okay. All right. I think Minnesota has an identity where Chicago seems to be in the middle of using a – I don't want to say a gap quarterback, but a guy who is not exactly a long-term answer, but he's just there. Right. And they might switch in the middle of the season. Cousins might be an underwhelming quarterback to win big games or anything like that. He's their quarterback. They're going to stick with him. So at least Minnesota knows who their guy is. Okay. You don't think that, do you think that matters? I do. I do think, I think it lends a certain amount of consistency to it. And it's a, it's a distraction that you don't have. And you know, Detroit's got a quarterback too there and Jared Goff. So do you think there's any chance they finish in third place? Uh, if they had a different head coach. You don't, you don't like Caffeine Charlie? I'm not a fan of Caffeine Charlie. But gonna I be entertaining. think Detroit's going to be bad. I don't think they're going to be as bad as Houston. But I think if they win five games, then suddenly I'll think Campbell's a decent coach. Okay. Let's put it that way. All right. Well, he's going to be he's going to be entertaining. If he, I'd like to see him last the whole season. I think he'll be very entertaining. So. I think he'll last the whole season no matter what. The question is if he can get through next offseason. Is he the is he the Ted Lasso of the NFL? Is he kind of the unconventional coach out of nowhere? I would say no, because Lasso wouldn't tell his players to bite kneecaps. That's kind of the deciding factor that separates the two of them. Okay. But in in general, no, I think Lasso's more of a positive minded guy. Right. But as a whole, Lasso, I don't want to ruin the entire show, but he did get his team demoted. So I guess that's a fair comparison to make. Well, thanks, buddy. I'm two episodes in, so I appreciate that. It's all good. <laughs> I mean, nobody really watches it to see how the team fully, fully does. It's just a matter of the le- the lessons and the jokes involved. But you knew that they weren't going to win the title in their first year. I was trying to figure out. I was trying to figure out a way to mute you before you said. That. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't sure if I should have said it or not. But the truth is, the show's been around for a while, and season two is finally underway. So if you're behind the eight ball, sorry. Yeah. But yeah happens tough old world out there all right let's go to the afc north so all right so you're you're your predicted finish for the nfc north just to put it just to put a bow on it is exactly the way it's bet green green bay minnesota chicago detroit i said i was going to double down on chalk this time okay so you're just yeah you're, you're you think maggie gets through the season if they fall apart early no i agree done d-u-n done mm. NFC North, Scott, we got a couple of co-favorites here. The Baltimore Ravens and the Cleveland Browns, both catching you positive money, about plus 140. Steelers plus 425. The aforementioned Bengals, only 12 to 1, Scott. Wow. Huh. Well, Which book you... do you have 12 to 1 at? Uh, looking at Bet Online. What do you got? Uh, DraftKings is 25 to 1. Oh, well, quick reminder to everybody for shop your lines because it makes a difference. Yep. What, do you, what do you got on the Ravens and the Browns? I see Ravens plus 115, and I see Browns plus 150. Okay. All right, so they've got the Ravens as actually the, the, the actual favorite. Yep. All right, so let's unpack this. Let's unpack this AFC North. You and I, we are officially down on Pittsburgh. It's kind of This is kind of the Bash Pittsburgh show. Um, I don't think either one of us are big fans of, of Ben, either as a person or as a quarterback, but I think we have pretty much come to the conclusion as I think most of right-thinking Americans have, that he has at least lost a step, would you say, Scott? I can't tell if his arm is linguine or if it's another form of pasta, but it's a noodle arm. Is it a spaghetti? Is it a linguine? Is it an angel hair? What is it? Yeah, he's he's going to struggle. Now, the defense, how badly are they going to miss Bud, du- uh, Bud Dupree? I do think that acquiring Melvin Ingram is going to really help out with the transition. Assuming Ingram can stay healthy. That's the thing. It's been an issue in the past. Right. But it's better than what they had before they got Ingram. Let's put it that way. I mean, Ingram is a veteran who is definitely, I wouldn't say still in his prime, but he hasn't shown serious signs of declining. So I think he can still get you double-digit sacks if you need it. Defense should be good. Uh, I love Minka in the secondary. TJ Watt's great. We already know that. You can make an argument he should have won Defensive Player of the Year last year. True. But – the defensive line should be fine. The secondary should be fine. The linebacking core is still a little bit of a question mark. Uh, but as a whole, the defense should be good. The only real question is the offense with a terrible offensive line. The receiving core, which is pretty good. But 
Roethlisberger who can't throw. So I think the offense is going to struggle. And I think that if they're going to win games, it's going to be an underfest with this team. But I'm actually might su- I might surprise you here. I'm not going with chalk. Okay. I actually, like I actually like Cleveland. Okay. I I think Baltimore is a team that I know we weren't going to talk fully about the vaccine stuff going on with Lamar Jackson for Donkey of the Day. We decided not to do that, but we did discuss it because. When you get COVID twice, you still have to discuss whether or not you get the vaccine with your medical staff. Yep. So are we sure Lamar is going to be able to play all 17 games? Because it seems like whichever, uh, I'd say, recreational activities he does in his free time right. don't, involve men- don't involve many masks being worn. No, unless he's going to the eyes wide shut party. But other than that, no, no, uh, no mask being worn. I don't know, Scott. Do you think this divides a team? Do you, if your quarterback refuses to get vaxxed, does that does that divide a team more than any other position? Well, I think you can make an argument saying it's a personal choice for Lamar. Sure. And even though that's technically true, yes. When you're part of a team atmosphere, yes. And you leave yourself at a bigger risk to potentially miss games in comparison to your teammates, uh, you can consider that a selfish move. I think so. I, you know, and I'm just not sure, Scott, for NFL players especially, they're worried about the medical consequences of the vaccine. And if there's any game that puts your body in jeopardy and puts your long-term health in jeopardy, it's professional football. Listen, listen, I'm fine with – this is the mindset of football players. I'm, I'm fine with the idea of debilitating CTE in about 20 years, right. which might ruin my life. Right. But a need- I mean, that's just that's can't, just too much. Can't not, have not it. the pain store needles during halftime. I mean, the actual vaccine needles. I can't handle that. You know, and you see some of these guys that are in their fifties or sixties. They can't walk. That you know, I, you're. Spoiler alert: You're already sacrificing your body for your sport. All right. And you mentioned the ones that can't walk. Not even the ones who donate their brain to science. Right. Right. Yeah. No. And there's been some. You know, some tragedies. You know, Junior Seau and Mike Webster and just. Mm-hmm. The list, unfortunately, goes on and on. So, But I feel like it could also divide a team to go back to the point that we were talking about before. Yeah. Because of the fact that had a lesser player, not named Lamar Jackson, ended up deciding to not get the vaccine. Gone. He probably wouldn't be on the roster anymore. Gone. Yeah. So that might cause a little bit of a problem there. But as a whole, the issue I have with Baltimore is also the fact that Rashad Bateman, who was supposed to be their new rookie receiver, who was going to help him in the red zone, et cetera, he can't stay healthy in training camp because he's been injured numerous times and he got injured again yesterday and nobody knows how long he's going to be out for. So we've had issues with, with Lamar's arm. I know Baltimore's done well against Cleveland in the past, but Cleveland as of right now, if you don't think that it was a one-year wonder, which I don't think it was. No, they've showed a, they've team, sh- they've showed yeah. a steady march of progression. This team's really good. Yeah. Yeah, they are. They've got... Arguably the best running back in the NFL. They have a fantastic defense. They have bookends there. On and the Shelb also missed like eight weeks. Eight, what did he miss? Like six to eight weeks last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got a they got a pretty fair backup. A uh, young fellow by the name of Kareem Hunt. I don't know if you're familiar with his work, but he's. I'm also not a fan of Clowney, but Clowney as a depth defensive lineman, sure. Still got to take up space, Scott. He's still yeah. got to be accounted for. So, Baltimore then- could win the division, but I do think that they should be co favorites. I don't agree with the DraftKings line of Cleveland plus 150, Baltimore plus 115. I would take Cleveland with the value there. Yeah, absolutely. I've got, like I said, I've got the Browns at uh, at plus 140. You catch them like on DraftKings at plus 150, and that's that's a great price. I think I think that Baker Mayfield is he the best quarterback in that division, Scott? No, it's Lamar because he has an MVP. Is it? It's Lamar. Now, I know Lamar, you can make an argument because he's not the greatest thrower. (laughs) He's not exactly a great quarterback, but you can also be an effective player at the quarterback position despite not being a great thrower. I mean, Cam Newton won an MVP, and I never thought he was great throwing the ball either. But Lamar struggles in the playoffs, but in the regular season, he's very good, and he has an MVP trophy to show for it. So I would take Lamar over Baker. But if you want to make an argument that Baker might be putting his best foot forward moving forward, uh, that was a mouthful with a lot of Fs. Then, uh, yeah, I wouldn't really disagree with you, but I'll go with Lamar right now. Cincinnati, no defense. Uh, no defense, no offensive line. Yeah, that's gonna that's that's gonna that's gonna ding their chances quite a bit. I I like Burrow. I think I just I I feel for the kid. I think he's gonna get just absolutely beat up there in Cincinnati. 
So, yep, yeah, I agree. All right, there you go. So we both like Cleveland. We're getting away from the chalk just a little bit. And stay tuned, guys. On the other side of the break, we'll be bringing you Chris Altruda to talk a little legal gambling. So, Scott, last time we were out in Vegas, every time we were trying to have a nice meal, what is the number one question you kept hearing whenever we were at dinner? Are you going to finish that? What? Appetizers, entrees, sides. You're always asking if I was going to finish what I was eating. Okay. Hey, in my defense, you eat slower than a turtle on Xanax. But, okay, let me make the question a little easier. What's the number one question you would get from people when you tell them you work for Winners and Winers? What's Winners and Winers? Exactly. So what do you tell them? I tell them that it is the place to go for your sports betting needs. They have breakdowns on every single game in a variety of sports, basketball, football, college football. We know that's coming up. It's been really a great opportunity to just get better at sports betting, and they give you all the opinions that you need. Yeah, see, and the thing I like about it is the fact that they don't just inundate you with numbers that have no context. You know, you go to some places and they just throw numbers, 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 but they don't tell you what they mean, and you just kind of your eyes glaze over. But these guys, not only do they use those same numbers and put them in context, but they're fantastic writers. They're great handicappers. You mentioned college football coming up. That's my favorite time to use winners and winners because they do every FBS game every single week. It is a fantastic site. Scott, what's the best part about winners and winners? It's absolutely free to use. That's right. It is absolutely free to use. Winnersandwinners.com. You absolutely have to check it out. You need to make this site part of your daily handicapping regimen. If you are not doing it, you are absolutely leaving money on the table. So, see, that wasn't that hard at all, right? Sure. You're still getting none of my fries. What? I, I didn't I didn't say a word. I saw you looking at them. Seriously, dude, it's it's been like an hour. If you're not going to eat them. Oh, man, that's brutal. All right, fine. Seriously, though, winnersandwiners.com. Go there or be square. Welcome back to the second half hour of Winners and Winers Radio. Give us an hour and we'll give you the winners. And we do have a special treat here. We talked about it a little bit earlier in the show. And he is here with us. Guy that we uh, crossed paths with back in the day over at Winners and Winers. He's now moved on to bigger and better things. He is an analyst over there writing for the Better Collective. He knows everything there is to know about legislation and sports betting in America. He is the one, the only... Chris Altruda. Chris, what's going on, buddy? Not much, Scott. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for taking time to do it. I know you're always busy. You are a you are a pretty frantic tweeter with the numbers. If you if you don't follow if you don't follow Chris, if you're interested in gaming, what's going on in your state, other states, he is a great follow on Twitter on Twitter. Give him give me your handle, Chris. The handle is Altruda73, A-L-T-R-U-D-A, and the number. Seven, three. There you go. And you are currently in Chicago, Illinois. They're kind of doing it right. We talked a little bit about about that before the show. They've got it up and running, but they they're leaving some money in the on the table, right? Right. Where I'd say if you want to put it on a scale of zero to a hundred, with a hundred percent being maximum handle potential, we're probably at about eighty percent. Okay. Two things that are limiting it. One is in-person registration, which means you have to go to the retail sportsbook in order to gain access to the mobile app on your phone. And the other being the ban on betting in games involving in-state schools. So you've got you've got a couple of you've got how many D1 footballs? You've got Northwestern, Illinois. Is there another one? There's Northern Illinois. Okay. All right. You're right. So you have you have the three football ones. Okay. And by and large, college I mean, Big Ten, Big Ten football moves the needle a little bit here, but at the same time, it's not, it's, it's there, but at the same time, it's not, wow, you know, it's not Illinois Northwest, like Northwestern is good, but at the same time, no one, I don't think anyone says to myself, says to themselves, hey, I'm going to drop 50 bucks on the Northwestern game. Oh, they're, if they're playing the under, they should. Right. <laughs> but yeah. All right. I mean, the, the big thing here is it's still going to be pro football forever in a day, especially now that the league has officially embraced it and has FanDuel, DraftKings, and 
and Caesars as their partner. There's no limits on betting on the Bears, right? No, and the fact that they actually is actually funny. One of the operators here, Bet Rivers, just uh, named uh, Coach Dicka as a uh, brand ambassador. Nice. So I, I expect to see him everywhere on my screen. Oh, coming, su- coming soon. Super. I know. I know you're excited about that being a, and you're actually a native New Yorker, right? So you're a you're a Jets fan. Yes, I am. Uh, as I jokingly call it, the angry drunken twin of a Cubs fan. <laughs> Are you because they don't they, they won a world series so they can be happy now? That's right. <laughs> now, are you guys? I know, I know Rochelle's a, a Jets fan as well. What's what's your official prediction for the Jets this year, Chris? What would make you happy? Seven wins would make me happy. Okay. I, I think that I think it's going to be one of those years where they're going to be. I mean, granted, you know, last year was a low bar, so they're going to be better than last year. But I don't think it's going to be reflected as much as in the wins and losses as it is in the general quality of play. Uh, moral victories. With them this year, you know, and, and Zach Wilson's going to take his lumps, and he's going to, you know, he's going to have his three INT games and, and things of that, right? And things along those lines. But I just expect them to play better and be more competitive. I, I I don't have any expectations in terms of you know results, so to speak. You know, just play better. You know, be you know. Be competitive in the fourth quarter. Wasn't, That's wasn't seven wins your magic number too, Scott? Didn't, when you and I were uh, talking yeah. about this, uh, realistically, I said I thought the Jets would go six and eleven. I feel like we're on this. I'm on the same page here as Chris, where it's not even about winning games; it's about looking like an actual football team for once after the Adam Gase era. So as long as they're looking somewhat competent, I consider that a win. All right, very good. So Chris, a couple of big states are getting ready to fall in line, kind of falling in line. Florida and New York. So pick one. Tell us what's going on. I think they're both difficult because there's still so many moving pieces to it. With Florida, the biggest thing about Florida is that Hard Rock is essentially trying to get a monopoly in online wager. And that's with the Seminole tribe, right? That's with the Seminole tribe. And and they and they have sports betting in other jurisdictions. They they're in Indiana, they're in they they are in multiple jurisdictions, but Florida, I mean, obviously it's it's their home base and it it's one of the four what we call holy grail states in terms of states that have yet to fully embrace sports betting. Like New York technically doesn't have mobile betting, so we kind of like look at it and just eh. But Florida, California, and Texas are the other three that we all sit here like waiting for them to open up the market, and you know, and then sports betting will just you know take off even further than twenty states. It's now legal. But the the Hard Rock one, it's difficult because it also has to go through the U.S. Department of the Interior because it involves Indian gaming. Right. And the fact that the U.S. Department of Interior actually approved it was somewhat surprising, considering that there are going to be many legal challenges to this and that includes the other operators including DraftKings and FanDuel who are going to file not only lawsuits against it arguing the legality of it but just also there's going to be a temporary restraining order filed against them so that Hard Rock can't even launch betting in the state in the interim Mm -hmm. so how that part plays out will be interesting to watch because that will determine whether or not there's any sort of availability betting for the upcoming NFL season. I was going to say, and what's your, what's your best guess? And I know, I don't, I hate to put your feet to the fire, but just what's your best guess the first, the first day I can go down and make a bet in Florida? You mean old, like, as in completely legal? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't expect, I don't expect this, this compact to be approved. I, I fully expect the restraining order to be, to be granted. So I think it would be into 2022. It might even be into the late 2022. I just, there's just so many pieces to this that just seem like they were rammed through the state government. Right. That it was done incorrectly, that it was, it just, it just didn't come across well in the process. And right. I think, and I understand that Hard Rock, you know, is the 800 pound gorilla of that state when it comes, when it comes to gaming and gambling. But at the same time, it's also a near monopoly and no one no one in the legal system smiles at a monopoly. Yeah, they kind of they kind of frown on that. We've tried to delve into it a couple of times on the show and it's such a complicated issue and like you said so many moving parts it's a little hard to get to get done in a quick format. So and and then I know the one that Scott is interested in when's New York coming online? 
New York will come online. I, I think New York will come online before Florida. I think there's still an outside chance that New York will have wagering by the Super Bowl in February. The process itself is also highly convoluted. I don't know who got in Governor Cuomo's ear about where I guess the now former Governor Cuomo, since he resigned effective two weeks. Four went but out. Somebody, somebody got in his ear to make the New Hampshire model the New York model. So the New Hampshire model is a monopoly by DraftKings. DraftKings runs sports betting in the entire state. And the price for that monopoly was that DraftKings gives 51% of their revenue to the state government. In a market like New Hampshire, this makes sense. It makes sense on both sides. Right. Other, other operators are not going to be really keen on a market that generates about 40 to $45 million in handle. And for DraftKings, I mean, essentially the two to three million they make a month in, in revenue after you factor in the taxes is kick around money. You, 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 you put it towards lobbying efforts to expand mobile betting in a state that only has retail betting. You, it, it serves its purpose for draft for both sides. Right. In New York, it makes no sense because you have, you see the success going on in New Jersey that has, mm. I want to say somewhere near 20 mobile operators. You see how remote registration works in New Jersey, that 90% of the handle is generated on your computer, on your smartphone. It's why New Jersey has blown past Nevada in terms of handle and made up almost $3 billion more than Nevada since the start of 2020. That's amazing. Scott, what do you got? Well, my main question, which of course is going to be a relatively basic one, but I'm sure a lot of people around want to know, Cuomo no longer being in office, does that have any impact on whether or not the sports betting, I'd say, framework in New York changes, or is it pretty much already in motion? It's already in motion, and because the the RFPs were in place, and this is what came out today with the provider and the platform and, and things of that nature, the timeline is more on the legislature than it is the governor's signature. The legislature, the, the process, the gaming commission has to go through the process. They have to look at the evaluations, and the bidding, what, what essentially is a bidding process is challenging in the sense that no one really knew how much to afford the state revenue. The state wants a minimum of 50% revenue. Mm -hmm. And one of the things you could do in your application was tie it to an Indian, an Indian gaming, gaming platform. And you can get five bonus points in your evaluate in your evaluation score with that. And you can also get a bonus point for each percentage point above 50 in revenue that you're willing to give the state. So you have you have operators and platform providers now essentially bidding against each other not knowing whether or not you should leave it to 50% put it at 55% to account for the other providers that may use Indian gaming as their platform provider. Right. And then maybe you put one or two points on top of that to make sure you're in that top four or top three where you get the actual license. Okay. Very good. So in the couple minutes we've got left here, you talked about the, the Mount Rushmore of stage to yet fully implement gaming. What's the status on the other two? I know I know California has a lot of things to untangle with all their Indian gaming compacts. Texas, a little conservative, been traditionally anti-gambling, very slow to get the lottery, very slow to get horse racing. So what's the prospects for those two, bud, as we wrap up here? Texas was Texas actually had a bill presented. Uh, Rep Representative Huberty brought a bill. It was very digitally oriented it was 10 percent of the taxes and the big thing about the texas bill was that pro teams were going to hold licenses which made it kind of interesting in the sense that the only state right now where that's happening is virginia because the washington football team has a license there in their partnership with FanDuel. it was it almost got out of committee this past legislative session it didn't it was, as Representative Huberty said, it was kind of a learning process. But one of the problems with Texas is, is because the legislation meets on a biennial right. calendar, it won't be revisited until 2023. Well, maybe he'd just call a special session like they did for voting. Well, the thing with the special session, well, it's actually kind of funny because the special, the special session 
the terms of it are dictated by the governor. Right. So if he puts it on there, it could conceivably come up. Not that I would expect him to put it on there based on the issues they have going on. California, you need to get the tribes on board with this. And I don't know how that's going to happen because there are so many of them. Right. If California is smart and I own, it's also a logistical challenge regardless of the, the level of bringing it together. You want to use the Michigan template for sports gaming for California. Michigan, Michigan was the pioneer in bringing together tribal gaming for sports betting purposes. If the pandemic hadn't taken place, it probably would have launched online gaming in Michigan in, I want to say last, in May of 2020, as opposed to January. But one of the good things that Michigan did was they put everyone on an equal footing for online sports betting. Everyone launched at the same time in January, and it was, and it turned out very well. They're making about 90% of their handle via sport, via online betting. And they quickly become a top seven market. They're they're doing about three hundred million in handle a month. Very nice. Um, as we get off here, I, I would be remiss if I didn't at least ask one about my own state, and that's Missouri. Uh, what do you, what do you know? What do you hear? We seem like we're doing everything to shoot ourselves in the foot on this. We got about a minute. They've they've introduced legislation. It's been back and forth. We're trying to figure out. It's very. It's hodgepodge, I think, is the best term. There, there's no there's no definitive timeline for, for them moving forward yet. So we're kind of waiting and watching with them. All right, very good. That sounds, that sounds about like my state and really no definitive timeline <laughs> for my entire state moving forward. Scott, got about 45 seconds. Any last, any last request or questions of Chris? Any uh, last request? Not particularly, except for the fact that, just curious, do you think... Uh, First of all, Zach Wilson's going to turn out to be a solid pro with the Jets. I think he will. It, it, it pains me to say this because I really like Sam Darnold, but I think Wilson is going to have a better career trajectory just based on the weapons he has early on at his disposal. I mean, for all, for all as much as we love Le'Veon Bell, I mean, he was horribly used. And, you know, the, the wide receiver court Zach has is better mm-hmm. than I think anything Sam had. Yeah, I agree. Well, I know Wilson was on Scott's radar for the last couple of years, so we'll see how that turns out. All right, Chris. Hey, thanks very much for joining us here today, man. That was hey, thanks that, for having me on. Appreciate it as always, guys. Good information. Don't forget to follow him at Altruda73, right? Yes, sir. All right, very good. He is Chris Altruda. Read his stuff over at the Better Collective. He is uh, quite frankly the master when it comes to numbers and sports betting in America, and we're happy to have him on. Thanks again, Chris. You guys stay tuned, and uh, we'll be right back with a little bit more show. Take care, everybody. Chris Altruda, smart guy, huh, Scott? Yep, definitely knows a lot about the legislation that I don't, but I felt like I had to ask him about some of the New York angles because of all of the craziness that happened yesterday going on in New York, and I guess it's a good thing or a bad thing that Cuomo's departure shouldn't really have much of an impact moving forward on the actual legal gambling side right. for New York. Absolutely, absolutely true. And I know we have a lot of listeners in Florida, so I definitely wanted to talk about the Florida situation. I feel like we could probably talk to him for about an hour and we still wouldn't have Florida unpacked. There's just so many moving parts and lawsuits and stuff down there. Just absolutely brutal. So, Scott. Doesn't it amaze you, amaze you though, just quickly, how sports gambling has been around for a long time, either legally or illegally, and yet you have a bunch of old people in charge who have no idea what's going on? Yeah. Yeah, that's... I find it fascinating to me. Um, how many, what, what percentage, we've got 535 lawmakers. Scott, what percentage of them do you think have made a bet on sports? At, are you talking about a legitimate bet or just like with a friend, I'll bet you a dollar that they'll miss this kick? Nope, any kind of bet. Any kind of bet. Any kind of bet? Yep, legal I'll, or illegal. I'll go 80. 80%? Yeah, that sounds about right. So it's just it's just amazing that this is something that they... I would, I would certainly say, whether it's 80 or not, certainly the majority have participated in this activity, and yep. yet, and that they exhibit so little understanding of it. Um, and you know, When it, it comes to the grading, the actual individual states that have either passed it or are on the verge of, I put New Jersey up here, I'll put Michigan a little bit below, and then it's arguably everybody else, because yep. I think those are the two that definitely 
did the best job of pushing it forward. Right. Yeah. And I, and I didn't even talk about, you know, to me, it's just a stunning development that New Jersey is just beating the hell out of Vegas. Well, Vegas is a little bit antiquated when you, when yeah. you compare the actual books itself. If you go to Vegas, mm-hmm. you cannot bet on as many props as you think you can. No. Yeah. You think you're going to go to Vegas and go crazy in the props, and that is not the way that works at all. So, all right, Scott. Well, we got a couple minutes here to get to the baseball situation, so let's do it. We've got a, a full card tomorrow. Of course, it's day one of getaway day, so there's a couple of games that we won't be touching on. But there is plenty of night action, so give me the one that you like the best. What do you What do you got picked out? Well, second best, because we still have our favorite play to come. Well, looking at the overall card, I know that Matt Harvey's been pretty good lately. Having said that, Baltimore's given up at least nine runs in each of their last six games. So they're going to give me Detroit at minus 110. Yeah. Didn't we just do this yesterday? Yeah, it seems like I did it yesterday. I had a great time. I understand. Yeah, this game opened up. Baltimore is a small favorite. (laughs) Of course, it's already uh, Detroit minus, yeah, it's even climbing as 113, 115, depending on where, where you go. So. When you I've hear, ro- I've roasted Scooball in the past. Yeah, he's been good. He's you fine. Know, I, I can't criticize him for it. Tip of the cap to him. Harvey was very good. Struggled a bit against the Yankees in his last start. Struggled relative term, but he wasn't great. Even if Harvey gives you five or six, this Baltimore bullpen. I've mentioned it almost every day at this point. It's one of the worst bullpens I've ever seen, and I'll keep taking Detroit because they've still won five of eight, and Baltimore is getting killed. I'll, I'll take Detroit at a cheap price. I don't know how you don't get anything besides an avalanche of Detroit money over the next, I don't even know, 12 hours, give or take. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think hopefully by the time you guys hear this. 25? Yeah, you'll be able to get a. Uh, now, here's the deal. If you listen on the radio and in your market, if you don't catch the show till later in the day, um, we do upload it, it, we do upload the show in podcast form, and it goes up pretty much uh, immediately. So you can you can get up and you can listen to the show early in the morning if you want to do that. So, um, just, do you have any play you like, or um, that jumps off the page for you? No, I got nothing. No, I'm a okay. Good answer. They're starting to uh, they're they're starting to get the odds. They're starting to get the odds right. You've got you've got to look a lot closer. Um, I've, I'm looking out there. The game that you know you and I were really interested in was Milwaukee at the Cubs, and Burns was listed, and now Burns isn't listed. My guess is there is probably going to be Burns anyway because you and I weren't am- unable to find anything that would show him going to get scratched from this start. Unless there's some type of COVID issue that we don't know about, right. then it should be Burns. So as of right now, we think it'll be Burns. If it's Burns, it's going up against Jake Arrieta of the Cubs. How do you how do you not take Milwaukee there, buddy? Uh, you don't. You take Milwaukee run line. Yep, absolutely. It's minus one fifty on the money line. Run line should be around even money somewhere in that neighborhood. I think. I think that is a uh, is a very solid play. Um, I don't. I'm just. I'm. I'm looking. I'm looking for a big dog. What's your What's your favorite dog out there? If I had to pick one dog, I'd pick Arizona. Am I thrilled with it? No, because Arizona stinks, especially on the road. But Gaussman has definitely. He was good in his last start, but as a whole, since the All-Star break, he has not been as consistent as you'd want him to be as a potential NL Cy Young favorite. Meanwhile, I've mentioned him in the past, Merrill Kelly. He's not going to win a Cy Young or anything, but for winning as many games as he has on this Arizona team, you'll get a personal shout-out for a Cy Young in my in my eyes. So, yeah, I mean, Kelly's getting, what is, what, like plus 220? Yeah. Give or take here. Yeah. I'm tempted by it. I'll tell you that much. I mean... I think it's worth a shot. You? Yeah, it's it's hard to go to war with this with this Arizona team, like you said, especially on the road. Even a first five, just something with Kelly there. Mm-hmm. I, I get that San Francisco is a great team, and Arizona's not. But two fifty, like Kelly's been good. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 been he's been good. So I would price the Giants at around two hundred. I think two fifty is ridiculous. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. I think I think that should be. A, a, I think you get about fifty cents of value there. I, I, yeah, that's how I feel. Totally one hundred percent. We'll get behind that one on you. I'm just looking at for, the, for uh, another dog. Are you going back to the well with the Nationals? Since it, I don't want to say half worked out, but 
you got through about an inning and a half. So it got like 11% through. Well, see, now now, now I don't know what we're going to do. I mean, that's going to, it looks like it's going to be a seven inning game if it's still going to be Ross and Stroman. Well, is it seven? Because I asked you before it went on air and I thought you said they were continuing the suspended game for nine. No, the first, the first game will be nine. You know what? I think they will. You're right. They both will be nine. That's, I think that's absolutely correct. I think they continue the suspended game for nine and then play the regular game. So either way, you got Ross pitching for Washington. Yeah. You got Hill pitching for the Mets. I know Hill has been okay. Now, wait a minute. I've got, I've wired him. You've got, have you got that for sure? Cause I've got Stroman listed. Oh, really? Okay. Well, keep an eye on the pitching mat. Even on the pitching matchup, but the question is, I see the Mets listed right now at around minus one eighty. Is that what you see? You see higher? Uh, I've got yeah, I got one ninety. Uh, do you yeah. want to lay one ninety with the Mets? Because I know you didn't want to lay two twenty nope. with the Mets. Nope. So I don't. I don't know what price they should be. No, I'll take. I'll take. I'll take Ross. Stroman's been good, but the Mets can't win a game. No, they just they can't score. They're they're just they're no bueno, Scott. Uh, that's definitely one way to put it. All right, my friend. Well, let's take a look. It is that time. We have reached the end of the show. It is time for Scott and I to put our collective heads together. It's like Three Stooges style, just bang them like melons. No, we put our heads together, and we come up with our very favorite play of the day. Everybody will ask us, what are you guys on today? What are you playing? And we thought, well, you know what? Let's, uh, let's, let's give out our favorite play, because we talk about a lot of games, but there's only one that we like better than anything else. Scott, it is time to to buckle up those overalls, put on your straw hat, climb on the John Deere, fire that baby up, and bet the farm! All right, Scott. Well, for today's farm play, we are going back to the well, and this is a play that didn't work out for me yesterday, but it was just seven innings. We didn't we didn't get beat. We just ran out of innings, Scott. So uh, we're going to... Uh, Oh no, we decided. Oh no, that's right. No, I lied. I lied. That I, was, I don't even know. That we, was our we didn't do Toronto. That was our silver medal pick. That was Toronto. Yeah. No, we're gonna go. We're gonna go that battle in the NL Central between the St. Louis Cardinals and the aforementioned Pittsburgh Pirates. That's right. The same Pirates team that just scored one run off of J.A. Happ and the St. Louis bullpen. The Pirates. They have lost six straight, and they are doing it with style. Five of those losses have come by at least two runs. Cardinals won three of their last four. Each of those three wins have come by two runs or more. Adam Wainwright is on the bump for the cards. And his last month, he's gone 34 innings pitched with a 3.18 ERA. And Mr. Wainwright traditionally owns the Pirates. 2.58 lifetime ERA. 18-7 and seven is his record, and that is the best record against any team in baseball. We like the Cardinals, and we like them by a lot. Give me the St. Louis Cardinals on the run line, minus the one and a half. Plus, you have crowd pitching against St. Louis, two starts this season, 10 innings pitched, 6.3 ERA. We'll think he, we think he's going to struggle. Yep, the only time he pitched well was the last time I faded him. He, he owes me this one. He's going to suck. <laughs> Give me the Cardinals. I think 4-1, 5-2, something like that is a very realistic possibility. This Pittsburgh team is just not scoring runs right now. So that's going to do it for our Bet the Farm play. And that is going to do it for Winners and Winers Radio. We appreciate you guys listening. We appreciate you watching. Leave a comment when you can. Subscribe where you can. All that good stuff. Thanks very much for being here, guys. We appreciate each and every one of you. Wish you nothing but the best of luck today. We'll see you tomorrow on Winners and Winers Radio. Take care, everybody.
Thank you.